0: Welcome back to the R-Pro show. It's so good to have you back here with us. And huge shout out to everybody who watched the first show and who engaged, asked questions, left comments. Man, I really appreciate that. We love the feedback and the engagement. and it's awesome to see so many people engage with that issue. And if you haven't had a chance to watch it, we talked about how giving away inspection reports after a deal bus could potentially be a violation of the Oklahoma real estate commissions rules. So go check that out if you haven't had a chance to yet. And again, thank you all for engaging with that and watching that and checking it out. So we're back here and this week, we are going to talk about the Oklahoma real estate commissions standard contract form changes for 2023. Uh, Most of you know, every year the Real Estate Commission updates the forms throughout the year, and we've got a number of changes this year. So we are going to go through not every single one of them because there's so many, but we're going to cover just about all of them and definitely all the ones that you need to know about and not just what the changes are, uh, but maybe a little bit of the why behind the change and what it means and what it's for so you can kind of understand what the purpose of the change is. Before we get into that though, I do uh, just wanna make a quick announcement that we've launched our first two courses at the RPRO Academy. You can head over to rpro.academy and check those out. We've got so much more that's coming, uh, but we'd love for you to check those out and give us your feedback. We've got a course on buyer broker agreements. We're gonna have a podcast on that very soon uh, just because I think this is a really important topic. And also a contracts course that's specific just to the investigations provisions in the contract which there are so many landmines in there and potential for missing a deadline and just how to navigate that cancellation, TRRs, all those things. You're going to take that one hour course and be an absolute expert in navigating the contractual issues of contracts. So again, head on over to rpro.academy and check that out. So let's take a look at these contract changes. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, we're going to talk about them. You're going to understand no matter what, even if you're just listening on your favorite podcast platform, if you're watching on YouTube, you're actually going be able to see some of these provisions as well. Uh, so that's certainly a good platform to check this particular episode out. If you have occasion to watch us on YouTube. And as you can see here, we've got 34 pages of contract changes, right? So there's quite a bit that was changed this year, but nothing too drastic. A lot of it is some cleanup stuff. There were some formatting changes couple of substantive changes that you need to know about. Uh, But for the most part, a lot of it was making the different forms consistent. And we'll talk about some of the areas where that was done, just so that whether you're dealing with residential, vacant land, new construction, farm and ranch, so on and so forth, that all those have some of the similar terms that are needed in all the contracts. So that's what we're seeing on a whole bunch of these. And you know, really, shout out to the Real Estate Commission for this Uh, contract form guide because it really is pretty helpful to see exactly what the old contract form was and what the new contract form is now. So make sure you're updated and using the new 2023 forms. I think that's really important to use the current one, but do keep in mind that the real estate commission puts on their forms what year it is. uh, So you can know if somebody has provided an old form, which I do see happen from time to time. In fact, sometimes we see contracts that were from many years ago that, that were an old form. And so this is why I think it's important to really understand contracts more than just memorizing what's supposed to go in particular blanks and those kinds of things, because you need to be able to understand if somebody gave you an old form, how are you going to deal with that? And do you know what to look for and what may be different? So again, hopefully everybody's using that, but make sure when you're looking at forms, particularly in this 2022 to 2023 rollover, you may be getting some older forms from last year. Again, not a ton of changes, but just keep that in mind so you know which form is coming in so that you don't accidentally miss something crucial that was changed. Uh, Plus, we still have folks in the Tulsa area that are using a little bit different form. It's, I don't know, probably 98% the same as the real estate commissions forms, but a few different things. So just keep that in mind as well that the contract that we're talking about in this one is the real estate commissions contract. So let's get into the first change. And in this case, this is, I don't know, a funny story or maybe an annoying, annoying situation that happened here. I'm kind of aware of what, what happened and why this is here. And so this is dealing with the treatments, repairs, and replacements, so that TRR form. And you know, as you know, when you do a TRR, you have to have an agreement, a written agreement, at the end of that negotiation period uh, in order for the contract to move forward. So you've got the buyer says, I want to do these changes. I want these repairs. Seller, you negotiate those, and then you have a final written agreement. Well, in this case, they've added in that those treatments, repairs, and replacements repla- will be completed prior to closing at, and this is where they've changed it, the seller's expense unless otherwise agreed to in writing. And that wasn't there before. Before it just said, they'll be completed prior to closing. I say, why is this? Doesn't everybody know? Like obviously it's the seller's job to do it. And I'm I'm familiar with why this happened. This is crazy and super annoying. Uh, But there was a transaction, at least one, where they entered into their TRR, they have a written agreement, And they get to closing and the seller is saying, well, I completed the repairs, but it's at the expense of the buyer. They wanted the repairs and the contract doesn't specify that it was at my expense as the seller. So it's the buyer's obligation because they wanted it. So they got into a whole thing. I'm not actually sure how they resolved it, um, but the seller was saying, look, it doesn't say it had to be done at my expense. Just said that it had to be done. And since the buyer wanted it, it's their fault. Super annoying. I'm 99% sure if I remember correctly, the seller was a lawyer. So, you know, I'm on behalf of my colleagues, I apologize. It's, you know, what are you going to do? But in this case, it's been changed. So it's clear, right? It's an unfortunate scenario that that kind of thing happens because we do know, right? This is the whole idea is that the buyer's asking the seller to make the changes, but you know, they got into a little bit of an issue there. Now it's clear in the contract that it's done at the seller's expense, unless there's some other reason for it. So a little bit of a funny story there as to what happened. Uh, Hopefully that wasn't you. And if it was, I hope you got that navigated. I, I don't know how that shook out, but I think that's the basis for why this was changed. Nothing wrong with that. Pretty easy change. All right, this one still in the residential sales contract, and all we've done here is, you know, when you're looking at your your land survey, boundary survey, or report, most of the time people do a mortgage inspection report on your typical residential property, but you might also do a land survey. It just kind of depends on the case. But what there wasn't was really a, a clear checkbox to say the buyer is electing not to have either one certainly could happen. Um, it's not as common, but but absolutely could happen. And so in this case, there could be a sales contract. They don't want to have either one. This just gives you that option to make it clear that the buyer is not going to have either a survey or a mortgage inspection report. Get an easy deal, not too substantive of a change, but for that rare transaction where that becomes necessary, it's good to have that checkbox there just in case. So moving on here, this is uh, something that I I had in my head that this was done actually a few years ago. I, I, I really did think that this was not before, but what we have here is the termination of offer. And this says that the, the offer terminates. And before it just said on a specific date, which then would make you, I think if you unpack that would be by midnight, right? So you would have essentially that full day for it to expire what they've added in is a specific time. So now you could say this expires on February 1st at 5 p.m. or 10 p.m. This way you've got real specificity there and you don't have to stay up till midnight to see if it comes in, that kind of thing, Uh, which again, I think is a good change. Being specific down to the minute, nothing wrong with that. I think that's probably a good change to have. And what you're going to see is that this change was made, I believe, on all the other contract forms as well. So again, the commercial forms, the vacant land forms, so on, they're all going to be consistent like this to where you have not just the date that it terminates, but the time that it terminates as well. Uh, Again, I think this is important. Um, One of the key things to keep in mind is when is an offer accepted? And so that can come into play on these kinds of things because it all boils down to the date that it's sent and the time that it's sent, not necessarily when it's received. And sometimes you can get into some weird scenarios there. Fortunately, email and you know our e-signature platforms fix a lot of those issues. But do keep in mind that this is in there and needs to be filled out this is a requirement. That's another piece of this is having a termination date and time is a requirement for us to have on all of our offers Um, that is mandated by the real estate commission. So we got to make sure we have that on there. You can't just have an offer sitting out in perpetuity forever and ever. So make sure you fill this out and kind of understand that Um, going into those details on acceptance and all that. We've got a great contracts course that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Four hour course goes real in depth on contract law and stuff that uh, will cover all these kinds of things. All right. So here we have another change that this was already made in the residential form, but we've also made this change on all the other ones. In this case, it's the new home construction. And this is really just a styling thing but it's to point something important out so all the other contracts are going to have this in there but this is something that that again is also in the residential and it is important because it's at the end of one of basically that introductory paragraph in the contract and this is really a super important issue uh, that does get missed because it's in just sort of this wall of text and first of all it starts out with all prior negotiations representations agreements are superseded by the contract that means you may be dealing with is the fridge going to be included or excluded right I mean, it could be any number of things but that's an example and if it's in the listing if it's in just verbal negotiations and emails none of that matters if it's not in the contract um, so that could be any number of important terms we look specifically to the four corners of that contract the other thing is that the second piece may only be modified or assigned by further written agreement of buyer and seller. And this was missed so long. Uh, I missed this for a long time. And what this means is that you can't assign the contract without both parties approval. This came up a lot in wholesaling contracts, uh, but it applies in any case that if, you've got a buyer that maybe wants to assign this sale. The seller really wouldn't be assigning the sale of the property, that would be very unusual, but the buyer might assign the contract to someone else. You have to have the seller's approval. And in fact, I recently saw a case, and we may go in depth in this in another episode, about this specific issue and assignment where i believe the real estate commission did find somebody for assisting somebody in assigning a contract without getting the seller's approval and because the contract does require it i think they held them in violation of the code so that's going to be something else that we may go in depth on on another episode because that assignment is pretty important but this is just going to make that stylistically this is all language that was already in there we're just making it pointed out so it's more visible All right. This is another one too, this choice of law provision. I believe this is already in the residential form, but it's now being added to all of the other ones, including our lease forms. It's a choice of law and form provision. Basically, it just means that if for some unfortunate reason we have to sue each other, we are going to do so in Oklahoma, and that could be state or federal court, depending on the circumstances, and it's going to be under the laws of the state of Oklahoma. I say, well, obviously, but in fact i'm actually dealing with an issue right now where i've got a buyer in california a seller that is an llc formed in delaware and the sellers who own the llc live in connecticut and the property is in oklahoma so you can see how that can get a little convoluted and this just makes it clear that what we're going to be looking at is oklahoma law in Oklahoma courts. Because in that circumstance I'm discussing, there was a point where that lawsuit, which is what it is, could have been moved to a federal court, even perhaps in another state, which would have really been a nightmare. Um, so this just makes it clear where any lawsuit would arise and what law we're going to look to. So good, good change to happen there, kind of boilerplate stuff that goes in a lot of contracts. So it's good to have that in there. We have a number of changes to the Property Disclosure Act form. So, you know, as you know, on residential, residential sales, you have to do the property condition disclosure statement. And these are just a handful of changes that I think are probably pretty good here. Mostly small stuff, uh, but I do think important to make sure those options for disclosure are there this first one deals with security systems and you know, originally it was, is it rented, owned, is it monitored? And all we're adding here is uh, basically a change of, is it leased instead of rented and is it financed? Because I guess there's a lot out there that could be financed to purchase. And so this just allows for that option so that it's clear whether it's rented, owned or financed. And similarly here, we've got that same sort of change for solar panels. Um, all we're adding here, and I think that the, the previous version there may be a little wrong, but the the updated version here is just added solar panels as items with financing as an option. So again, are they leased, owned, or financing? Because if you're going to buy that property, that's important to know what the status of those solar panels are and whether they're leased, owned, or financed. Easy change there. All right, so one more here, and this deals with historical properties, And the first question was, was it designated as historical or located in a registered historical district? And this adds a little bit more information here, um, how it's zoned and if... uh, hmm it's in a registered historical district or historic preservation overlay district. I'll be honest. I don't know much about historical properties and how those work, but if you're selling a historical property, you obviously need to know that and make sure it's disclosed properly. So I think this just includes all of the information that you may need to know if you are going to do that disclosure. So just a little update there. Uh, One more here. So we've kind of a The end of the property disclosure form, we've got some kind of catch-all provisions. Are you aware of any other defects, those kinds of things? And we've expanded the last question here where it was just fees or dues related to the property. And in this case, it's fees, leases, liens, or dues required on the property that haven't been disclosed. So we're just making sure that we are covering all the bases there to cover leases, liens, or dues relating to the property. Can, that's good to know if you're buying that property and there's liens or something. Um, I, I do see this come up somewhat frequently where you start getting into title work and there may be like a tax lien or something and it wasn't disclosed. Uh, this will just help make sure that that's perfectly clear on the disclosure up front. All right, so notice of cancellation. Uh, all we're adding in here is a change so that the during the inspection period, if the parties can't enter into a written agreement right so the buyer submits their trr form the seller they and the buyer they can't negotiate they can't enter into an agreement by default there's seven days to negotiate and at the end the contract says that the that the contract automatically terminates upon the expiration of that time if they don't enter into a written agreement Well, in this case, we're just adding a seller's notice of cancellation. And so what they can do then is check the box, send the seller's notice of cancellation. They can send the release, uh, releasing the earnest money to the buyer because the contract does state that the buyer gets their earnest money back if they don't enter into a written agreement so you could kind of go ahead and, and 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 get this done so you've got an option on that notice of cancellation so that you can get it all cleaned up and the seller move on to a new transaction and the buyer move on as well so a nice little change there just to give all options to us so that's all i'm going to cover today that was about 10 or 11 different changes in the real estate commission's contract Again, some of the key points here are uh, just be aware of what these changes are and be aware when somebody sends you a contract form, what year that's from. Because if it's older, there could be some issues in there that have been changed or fixed over time. It's really important to know that because at the end of the day, if it's a contract from say 2012 for some reason, and the parties enter into that agreement, there are some ways that that can be problematic for everybody, but if, you know, if they have to go to court or something, we're going to be looking at the contract itself. Uh, Doesn't matter what year it's from, as long as the contract is valid and executed by the parties, whatever terms they agreed to or what they agreed to. And so it makes it a real problem if you have a dispute because somebody was using an older form, didn't know what was in there and some kind of issue arises because of that. So be careful about that. Make sure that you are fully covered on that. Um, But otherwise, I hope that helps explain at least most of the contract form changes. You can get this guide on the Real Estate Commission's website uh, where you go to get all their contract forms. It's right there up at the top of that page very helpful guide. I suggest you review it. It Won't take very long to go through it. Again, we looked at the vast majority of the changes in here. And so definitely check that out. And as we close up here again, I want to thank you so much for sticking with me as we go through this. I think this is important for uh, real estate professionals to be experts on their real estate contract. That's what your clients want. And so this will help keep you up to speed on all those changes. Um, Again, we've got to help with this because again, there's so many pages in the contract. If you will go to our website rpro.academy and give us your email that like, instantaneously we are going to send you a transaction checklist this is a two-page checklist with some important information it basically takes the whole contract the residential contract boils it down into about a page and a half of of checklist items with key dates so that nobody misses a deadline. We've got it formatted nice so you can share it with your clients. Um, That way they can have a little bit simplified version of these are the key dates and deadlines in the contract. I hope you'll check it out. Um, We'd love to give that to you absolutely free. Again, just go to rpro.academy, give us your email address and we'll send it right over. And I think that hopefully you'll find that valuable and a tool that you can use in your transactions uh, that will help simplify things a little bit for your clients and for you and your team internally. So please go check that out. Thank you again. If you have any questions, leave us questions and thoughts and comments in the comment section, whether you're here on YouTube or, you know, if you're listening on, uh, you know, Apple podcasts or Spotify, please leave a review there as well. Uh, man, you can hit those five stars and definitely leave a comment. Love to respond to you. Appreciate you guys so much. So we thank you again for sticking with us here and we'll see you next time right here on the R pro show.